Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. That applies to all of you who are gathered here in this main part of the building, but it also applies to those of you who are up there. We can see you, and, uh, and I think there are other people who are out there, and we can wave to you, and there are some people who are watching a screen somewhere else, so we'll wave to you as well. Um, but welcome to you all to this very important and uh, significant occasion as we do a number of things, and you may have looked at the front of the order of service and been somewhat uh, confused by the fact that Dave is to be collated and inducted, but Andy is to be licensed. Well, hopefully all will become plain as we go through, but it's a really good opportunity for us tonight, not only this afternoon, not only to um, do those things to begin Dave's ministry here, but uh, a relicensing of Andy as the Dawson Interfaith Advisor. So it's very appropriate that these two things have coincided and, and we do them together in terms of the ministry that this church offers in this particular community. So it's a celebration of a new chapter in the life of St. Stephen's as you step forward, but also for individuals as they carry that responsibility uh, in the days that lie ahead. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are here as a part of the family of God in our Father's presence to offer him our worship and praise, to hear and receive his holy word, and to pray for his blessing on all who work in his name. Today we thank God for the ministry and mission of his church over the years in St. Stephen's Parish and for those who've shared in it during the time of vacancy. And now we welcome Dave and as we commission him to this new ministry and at the same time re-license Andy as the diocesan interfaith advisor, so we rededicate ourselves to the call of God to make disciples, to be witnesses, and to grow leaders, that we may fulfill our calling to be a healthy church that transforms its community. And so in a moment of silence, let's pray that inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit, God will renew us all in ministry and mission. Heavenly Father, bless St. Stephen's Parish and those who minister here, that with Dave they may fulfill your loving purposes for those who live and work in this place. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Congregation, like to be seated, if you have a seat, that is. <laughs> Bishop Julian. I present Dave to be collated to the parish of St. Stephen. Bishop Julian, we present Andy to be licensed. Thank you for your presentations, which I accept. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I declare to you that I've appointed Dave to be vicar of this parish and that I intend to collate him. I've also reappointed Andy as the diocesan interfaith advisor. I'd like to turn around. It's my pleasure to introduce Dave to you, who is to be your new vicar. And uh, well, I'm not going to introduce Andy because you know him too well already. Um, so, 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 so we'll just leave you out the way for the moment. Uh, but Dave, 
People of St. Stephen's Church and all who share Christ's ministry here, will you support each other at ministry and now welcome Dave among you? In Christ's name, we will. Hold a moment's silence now as we pray, using the words of the comment. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose Spirit the whole body of the Church is governed and sanctified, hear our prayer for all your servants, and especially for your Church in this place, that each of us in our vocation and ministry may serve you in holiness and truth, to the glory of your name and the good of your church, and give to your servant Dave, now to be instituted, the needful gifts of grace. Through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we seated for our first reading. Hey. From Philippians 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any com common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to sing this song. It's on our order of service on page five between the readings. So we'll sing now for the cause of Christ. That's the purpose for which we gather as, as church as the people of God, is to make the cause of Christ more widely known. So let's stand and sing. For the cause of Christ, the King. Reading is from Matthew chapter 21. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the pe people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism. 
Where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he'll ask, then why didn't we believe him? But if we say of human origin, we're afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. And uh, full permission given that if it's quite warm and you want to use your order of service to give a bit of uh, fresh air, then uh, I won't take offence at all. But uh, we've got the window door open there. Um, let a bit of fresh air in. An occasion like this is always an opportunity to ask one or two questions about what Christian ministry and Christian service uh, is really all about. As uh, Dave begins a new ministry here and Andy continues uh, ministry in the diocese, what's it all for? We just sung that hymn about the cause of Christ. Well, I suppose that's the main purpose. We're furthering his cause. And if you and I don't do something for him, nobody else in the world is going to do it. So it's actually down to us to do our part for the cause of Christ. And uh, that's our prayer and our longing for this new chapter in the life of St. Stephen's here um, as, as we begin it uh, today. To help us think about that a bit, I want to turn your attention to that first reading from Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 13. It's a very familiar passage, but in fact it contains some very significant challenge for us as the people of God as we listen to it uh, being read afresh to us uh, today. Paul is longing for the Christians in Philippi to stand firm for what they believe, to contend as one person, uh, one voice for the faith of the gospel. That's how he's described it in chapter 1 and verse 27. That's what he longs for, but he's heard some rather worrying news about the church in Philippi. There's uh, envy and there's rivalry. There are competitive attitudes. Uh, there's opposition from within the church against those standing for certain things. There are teachers in the church who don't give the cross of Christ the prominence that the gospel demands. And some church members are disagreeing with one another. And you might say, well, Julian, that just describes the church beautifully. Um, that's how it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. But Paul actually longs for that not to be the case and for it to be a better witness to the cause of Christ. And that's why in Philippians chapter 2, Paul 
uh, encourages, he urges the readers of this letter to be like-minded, to have the same love and to be one in spirit and in purpose, saying that their being united was in fact very important and significant and that if they're not united and trying to pull in different directions, well, they never see the progress for the gospel that really God longs for and that the world needs. And Paul says, if you get united and pull together, you'll make my joy complete. So there's a real earnestness and urgency uh, in his writing of this great letter to the Christians uh, of Philippi. Well, he says lots of things and I can't dwell on them all. He tells them they've got to forget about themselves. They've got to avoid uh, selfish ambition. They've got to avoid vain conceit. He tells them they've got to focus on humility um, and respect others, a concern for others. What I want us to focus on and take away with us as just one uh, sentence, one phrase, uh, sentence from this reading for us today and for this next chapter of life here at St. Stephen's, it's uh, chapter 2 and verse 5, where Paul says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. In fact, one of the commentators, uh, Gordon Fee, says that this is one of the most sublime of all New Testament passages. Because there we do see something of the attitude of Jesus Christ. And uh, well, Paul takes it a step further. He says, no good just admiring that attitude. You've got to do the same, and you've got to have the same attitude as was true of him. That's a challenge. And therefore we need to ask the question, well, what was his attitude? And we find that in the verses, those famous verses that follow. The first is his attitude to himself. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. He was confident in his relationship as the only begotten son of his eternal heavenly father. But he was then able to surrender that position and make himself nothing. It was the knowledge of his true identity that freed him from the necessity of promoting himself, of aggressive self-assertion and all those other things. He was free to be humble because he knew who he was. He was God's only son. And therefore he was able to make himself nothing. And I don't think it's possible to be truly humble like that without that secure inner sense of our own identity. It's really important that we know who we are. Christians, of course, have the great privilege of being assured of our identity as children of God, as being in Christ. There's so many different ways in which our identity is made known. Our identity doesn't depend on our position or our job or our reputation, or our achievements, but on God's promise and the fact that we are in Christ by his grace uh, alone. I suppose it was most, most clearly uh, revealed when Archbishop Justin discovered a year or so ago the identity of his real father. You remember the story? A big shock in one sense. But the wonderful headline that came out of that from him, which actually stopped all the media going into a furore about it, saying my identity is secure because I'm a man in Christ. That's my identity. That's who I am. That's my primary identity as a Christian is to be in Christ. Jesus knew who he was. That was his attitude to himself. And he says that we're to have the same attitude as was true of him. And... Uh, 
That's not always so easy, but let's hold on to uh, that uh, security that we can know in Christ. Then there was his attitude to his mission. He knew why he'd come. Not only did he know who he was, but he knew why he was here and the part that he had been given to play. There wasn't any resentment, no wounded pride, no indignant bitterness of what he'd been asked to do. So much so that, yes, in the agony of the Garden of Gethsemane, he did pray for the cup to be taken from him, but then, not my will, but thine be done. He knew why he was here. He knew that his coming to this world meant a death upon a cross. And it was that obedience that freed him to be the one who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. His attitude to his mission was one of obedience. He knew why he was here. And I believe it's also that if we'd have the same attitude as him, we need to know why we are here, what our purpose is, what God's plan for our life is, and to accept that God-given role and not to fight it. In fact, we find peace, we find contentment when we accept God's appointments. God's in the appointing business. It's not the bishop who does the appointing, really. It's God who does the appointing. And it's a question of accepting God's appointments and being willing to fulfill those in our daily life and in the ministry that he's called us to. Sometimes it's a tough call. I'm very glad that I wasn't called to be Jeremiah or one of the other Old Testament folk. They had a very tough call. If we know why we're here, what God has called us to, then that's a great uh, manner of peace that we can enjoy in our lives. His attitude to himself, he knew who he was, his attitude to his mission, he knew why he was here, and then one other thing, his attitude to his future, he knew where he was going. And we see that very clearly in those words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, that though he'd humbled himself, he would be exalted, and everyone would one day call him Lord. The day would come when every knee would bow, and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's where history is all heading to, that one point when he'll be acknowledged to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's our cause, I suppose. The cause of Christ is to make the world aware that one day that will be the case. His humility was rewarded by his exaltation. And of course, Jesus taught the same for the true of us. Those who lose their life for my sake, he said, will find it. Those who exalt themselves, put themselves on a pedestal, they'll be humbled and brought down. But those who humble themselves will be lifted up and exalted. And as Jesus knew what his future was, so we're to have the same attitude as well with regard to the future that he's called us to. And we can rejoice in our glorious and wonderful Christian hope. Jesus died, but he rose again. And he's assured that those who put their trust in him will be with him in all eternity, the other side of the grave. We sang in our first hymn those words that are found in Philippians chapter 1. To live is Christ, to die is gain. I wonder how many of us as Christian people actually believe that when we get to the end of our life, to die is going to be a most wonderful gain. To be with Christ. As one person described the Philippians as uh, far better 
There's one Christian I remember who always described it as very far better. Because it's so, so good. But we don't think of that future hope in that way. Jesus knew where he was going and he calls us to have the same attitude in our lives as well. So it's important as we gather here this afternoon for this uh, important service to have the same attitude that was true of Jesus, knowing who we are, knowing why we're here, and knowing where we're going. And if those things are all in place, then I think the ingredients are in place for a healthy church, a healthy Christian community, working together and making more widely known the wonderful cause of Jesus Christ. Amen. So in our order of service, we come first to the Declaration of Ascent, which describes something of our Anglican heritage, the things that have led us to be where we are, the important doctrinal statements through the years that define who it is uh, and uh, what it is that we believe as uh, members of the Church of England. And Dave will give his affirmation to that inheritance of faith. And then there's the Oath of Allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen, uh, reminding us all that Dave doesn't come here as a chaplain to St. Stephen's, but he comes here as a servant of a whole community. And that uh, that is our, our calling uh, to serve the places where God has put us, not just chaplains to congregations. And then there's the oath of canonical obedience to the bishop, which, just I need to remind you, is not uh, to anything that the bishop may suddenly say or do. It is only in things lawful and honest. And uh, it is really about the good ordering of the life of the church. Um, and don't please take too much note of that of a word, his successor, because I have no plans at the moment <laughs> of being anywhere else. The Church of England is part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, worshipping the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It professes the faith, uniquely revealed in the Holy Scriptures and set forth in the Catholic creeds, which faith the Church is called upon to proclaim afresh in each generation. Led by the Holy Spirit, it has borne witness to Christian truth in its historic formulas, the 39 Articles of Religion, the Book of Common Prayer, and the ordering of bishops, priests, and deacons. Dave and Andy, in the declaration you are about to make, will you affirm your loyalty to this inheritance of faith as your inspiration and guidance under God in bringing the grace and truth of Christ to this generation and making him known to those in your care. You're not being mad, it's all right. <laughs> so just in case you suddenly got a, a sudden thought that's standing... <laughs> Can you behave yourself, please? <laughs> right, this is a solemn moment, everybody. So, <laughs> so that was my fault, I apologise. Let's just hold a moment's quiet before... Uh, and Dave and Andy make this declaration. I, Dave Hanson, I, Andy Pratt, do so affirm and accordingly declare my belief in the faith which is revealed in the Holy Scriptures and set forth in the Catholic creeds and to which the historic formularies of the Church of England bear witness and in public prayer and administration of the sacraments, 
I will only use the forms of service which are authorised or allowed by canon. Now, the congregation will please stand. And uh, Dave and Andy are going to make their de- the, the oaths separately rather than uh, together. So you face the congregation for the first oath. Dave first and then Andy to follow. I, David John Hansen, do swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors, according to the law, so help me God. I, Andrew Robert Pratt, do swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors, according to law, so help me God. I, David John Hansen, do swear by Almighty God that I will pay true and canonical obedience to the Lord Bishop of Blackburn and his successors in all things lawful and honest. So help me God. I, Andrew Robert Pratt, do swear by Almighty God that I will pay true and canonical obedience to the Lord Bishop of Blackburn and his successors in all things lawful and honest. So help me God. Thank you for this declaration of loyalty. On behalf of our diocese, I, with all God's people here, undertake to support and uphold you both in your separate new ministries. The Horizon please be seated, and we're going to now sign uh, the declaration. Love in Christ, before we proceed to the institution, let priests and people be reminded of their duties within the Church of God and affirm their readiness to share in fulfilling our vision as healthy churches transforming communities. It is the duty of the parish priest to be like Christ the true high priest, a faithful minister in the Church of God, to celebrate the sacraments of Holy Communion, and to nourish the people of God. Dave, relying on the power of the Spirit, will you act as a faithful steward of the mysteries of God, lead your people in worship and prayer, and raise up leaders that together you may proclaim God's saving love to his word. By God's grace, I will. People of St. Stephen's Church, will you be faithful in public worship and private prayer? Will you delight in obeying Jesus' command to remember his death until he comes again, and to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion regularly as part of your growth in discipleship. By God's grace, we will. Dave, be among us to break the bread and bless the cup, so that we may obey the command of Christ to do this in remembrance of him. It is the duty of the parish priest to be like Christ, a teacher, to study and reflect upon the truth of Holy Scripture through preaching and teaching to proclaim the truth of the gospel and to help all people grow as disciples of Christ. Dave, relying on the power of the Spirit, will you be faithful in studying, teaching and proclaiming the truth of Holy Scripture, ordering your life to reflect to others the gospel of Christ? By God's grace, I will. People of St. Stephen's Church, will you be faithful in Bible study and seek to grow as disciples of Christ? 
Dave, be among us as one who helps us joyfully hear and obey and proclaim the word of God. I'm going to go to the uh, font which is in the foyer. In the foyer. So if you always want to stand and turn around to see what we get up to, if you can, then you're very welcome to do so. But I didn't give you permission to talk. <laughs> it is the duty of the parish priest to be like Christ, a herald of God's kingdom and a servant of the needy, to administer the sacrament of baptism with due care and preparation, to nurture within the faith those who have been baptized, and to prepare members of the church for confirmation. Dave, relying on the power of the Spirit, will you give yourself gladly and willingly to serving the spiritual and material needs of this community, to baptize them in the faith, and equip them to be witnesses in the world? By God's grace, I will. People of St. Stephen's Church, will you work to transform this community with the love of Christ, giving willingly of your time, money, and energy to make God's kingdom visible? in this place. By God's grace we will. Dave, be among us as one who helps us to obey Christ's command to be his witness in word and deed. Following that uh, recommitment of ourselves to all forms of Christian ministry and service, we stand and remain stand to sing the next hymn on our service sheet uh, on page 8, I lift my hands to the coming King. Priest and people, together we've made solemn promises to serve God and his world. Let us pray for the guiding and empowering of his spirit that we may fulfill the vision he's entrusted to us. And so we say the Dazerson vision prayer together. Heavenly Father, we embrace your call for us to make disciples, to be witnesses and to grow leaders. Give us the eyes to see your vision ears to hear the prompting of your Spirit. The congregation, please be seated. And I'm going to ask Dave if you'll come and kneel in front of me. Dave, do not forget the trust of those who have chosen you. In your work and ministry, and with your colleagues, care alike for young and old, strong and weak, rich and poor. By your words and in your life, preach the gospel and show to people the glory and the beauty of Jesus. Give time for yourself, your family and friends. Love and serve Christ's people. Nourish them by word and sacrament and strengthen them to glorify God in this life and in the life to come. Julian, by divine permission, Lord Bishop of Blackburn, to our beloved in Christ, David John Hanson, Clerk in Holy Orders, greeting. We do hereby collate and admit you as vicar to the benefice of Preston St. Stephen within our diocesan jurisdiction 
which belongs to our collation in right of our bishopric, and we invest you with all the rights and duties of the said benefice and commit to you the cure of souls of the parishioners thereof, saving to us and our successors our episcopal rights and testimony whereof we have hereunto set our hand and caused our episcopal seal to be affixed this first day of October in the year of our Lord 2017 and in the fourth year of our consecration. Receive your cure and mine in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord give you courage, wisdom, strength and love to do his will. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm just taking the order of service. I just thought Andy was coming later, but he's not coming later. If you don't do him now, he won't come at all. Um, so I think we need to do Andy's. <laughs> like to come and stand in front of me, sir. <laughs> you can put that staff down. Give it up for your fellow church warden. Thank you, that's fine. That's me. Julian, by the divine permission, Lord Bishop of Blackburn, to our beloved and approved in Christ, Andy Robert, Andrew Robert Pratt, Bachelor of Science. Greetings. We do by these presents grant unto you our license to work as diocesan interfaith advisor and to serve in the Diocese of Blackburn. We do authorize you to carry out the duties of that appointment under the direction of the leader of the parish mission support department within our diocese. And we do hereby notify and declare that this license shall remain valid and shall have full force and authority for a period of five years or until it shall be revoked by us or our successors. And we commend you to Almighty God, humbly praying in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that his blessing may rest upon you and your work. Given under our hand an episcopal seal, this first day of October, in the year of our Lord, 2017, and in the fourth year of our consecration. Let's pray for Andy. Father, thank you for Andy's ministry in the diocese to this moment. Thank you for the experience and expertise that he brings to the whole work of relationships with those of other faiths. And we pray for your continued blessing on his ministry, that there will be continually open doors to dialogue, to witness, to talk, to listen. And we pray that you will bless his ministry richly among us. And we ask it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Archdeacon Michael, I now ask you to induct Dave. In the presence of the church wardens and this congregation, and to support him so inducted. I invite representatives of the parochial church council, the church wardens, and the area dean to accompany me to the main door of the church and I suggest that you somehow get it so you either can see it direct if you're on this side by standing up and facing that way 
and this side you sort of look at the wall and if you're upstairs you're looking down to where you came in right would you please stand by the authority of the bishop i induct you dave into the real actual and corporeal possession of the church of st stephen here in broadgate the lord watch over your going out and your coming in from this time forth for evermore amen oh and he's going to ring the bell it's a very complicated bell tower here where we find a switch somewhere in the back room Dave, I place you into an accustomed seat of the vicar of this parish. And may God's blessing rest upon your ministry. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is really with tremendous pleasure. And those of you at St. Stephen's know what I mean by that. <laughs> to say you have a new vicar. So give him a round of applause. as well. <laughs> We're going to pray together now as we've been thinking about the growth of God's kingdom in our lives and in this place. We're going to be using a response in our prayers. So uh, when I say, Father, your kingdom come, please respond by saying, your will be done. Let us pray for the growth of God's kingdom, saying, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus, you came to bring good news to all people. Send us out to build your kingdom. As living stones, anoint us with your spirit and strengthen us to work in his name. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Send us to bring justice to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. Help us to exercise our influence for good in the world, our nation and our neighborhood. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Send us to serve our local community, bringing your love and truth to young and old in our homes, schools and colleges, and the places of work and leisure, and sharing the gospel of salvation of your Son, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Send us to share with the world the good news of your healing love in all the brokenness of life and help us to be faithful witnesses to the risen glory of your Son. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Send us to the sick and those who mourn that we might bring comfort to all in sorrow and light to those who live in darkness. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. And as our Saviour taught us, so we pray, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I'd like to invite members of the parish and the community to come and formally uh, meet and welcome Dave. Could I start off please by inviting church wardens to come forward? Pat. Very welcome. It's a joy to have you and I'm sure it's going to be a pleasure and a blessing for the years ahead. Welcome. And on behalf of Preston Dean Resinan, may I invite uh, Stephanie Rankin, our lay vice chair. No, lay chair, sorry. Thank you. That's me in trouble. <laughs> Dave, welcome on behalf of the deanery. It's a really exciting time to come to Preston. You are the fifth new incumbent in this deanery in the last 12 months, and some of those new other people are already here today to support you. We have some more vacancies coming and some more appointments to have. So it's a great time to come to be part of this deanery as our new area dean forms us together to work together for the gospel in Preston. Do we have representatives from the school? Yes, we do. Brilliant. Hello, I'm Helen Wright, the head teacher, and this is Nikki Chapelo, the deputy head. Welcome to St. Stephen's. It's a very mixed and blessed parish, and you're shortly to meet uh, the best people in the parish, which is the children of the school, <laughs> and of course the parents. <laughs> and the staff. Um, we have made you a card. Um, it says, welcome to our family, because it's very much a family-orientated school, um, and our motto is aspire to greatness, so we'd like to receive that. And I was looking at it just before we came in, and I've got some words from inside there. It's all been written by the children. So out of the mouth of babes, here we go. Bear in mind, the ch some children haven't seen a vicar, have they, f at all? Um, it's been a couple of years, so I picked this phrase out, high new person. <laughs> so we now need to discover what a vicar looks like, what a vicar does, <laughs> especially for our infants, so that's going to be interesting. Um, an instruction, do good assemblies. <laughs> try, try me better than I was then, eh, Nikki? Um, I like this one. Thank you for volunteering to be our vicar. <laughs> I've been raised as a vicar's child. I know 50% is volunteering and 50% is paid. And when they retire, they still don't know when to stop volunteering, do they, Dad? <laughs> We've just been discussing that, haven't we, this afternoon? Never mind. <laughs> Um, I like this phrase, welcome and don't be nervous, we are a great school. 
and uh, that is very, very much my impression. I've been there for a year. It is a great school. It's a great community. We work really well together. We have a lot of faiths, a lot of traditions, a lot of different backgrounds, but we do work very well together. And I really like this one. It's my year six child. It says, good luck with your journey. I know that you're taking children on a journey along with us, but I think it's really nice that children recognize that you're on a faith journey as well. So congratulations and welcome. Thanks, Helen. Do we have a representative from the council? Peter? Uh, yes, I'm Peter Moss from Preston City Council. Uh, on behalf of Preston City Council, can I welcome you to Broadgate? Thank you. Just remember, anything joyful and nice that happens in the area is down to you. Anything nasty and horrible, I'm blamed for. <laughs> I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we have the imam. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'd just like to say that um, welcome today as the new vicar. I'm a representative of the mosque. I'm not actually the imam. The imam's going to be here today. But we'd like to welcome you and the support of the community, which, as you'll, as you'll know, that we've had very difficult times uh, in terms of the Muslim community, but the Christian community and the church have been absolutely fantastic, especially the work of Andy and everyone else as well. So thank you very much indeed, but welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And a representative from the Gujarat Hindu Society. I'm Baps. Okay. <laughs> Dave, welcome on behalf of the Gujarat Hindu Society, a society which is just around the corner from the school. Uh, we've had a tremendous relationship with not just the church, but uh, with the school as well. And we welcome you, and we hope that you'll join us on all the festivals. And I also have Kailash from the Baps Swaminarayan Temple as well, Hogan. Uh, congratulations and welcome to Preston. Uh, we are very delighted that you are going to be serving the Preston area. As uh, Ishwapai said, we uh, belong to the BAP, BAPS, uh, Swaminarayan Hindu Mandi, which is also in the locality. So, and we work very closely as one big community, one family. So we look forward to working with you and many, many happy years to come. Thank you. Also, <laughs> I'd also like to take this opportunity to congratulate um, Andy on his appointment. Andy, I'd like to acknowledge that you've been wonderful, you know, in terms of building good race relation and community interfaith work. And we want to build on that. So thank you. I'd like to echo that for Andy, because we've been good friends for many years. And uh, he always cajoles me into doing everything. <laughs> And finally, as we welcome yourself, I'm going to invite Father Timothy, um, who is on his last few days. <laughs> in, the, in the deanery. <laughs> Dave, unlike our bishop, I have every intention of leaving. <laughs> but I'm one of the few people that don't have to, because I have a freehold. But I've signed the letter. They always put me in quite tricky parishes, and I've had plenty of occasions to come across prostitutes. 
but save them, of course. And um, I'm permanently pursued by the Inland Revenue, but they're friends as well. But unlike the brothers in the gospel, they're pretty good eggs here, really. And they're very industrious, and they work really hard. And if they say they're going to do something, they will. So you're very blessed there. And also having a marvelous school, the envy of all. So I hope you'll be most happy and do come to chapter, because I'm cooking on that day. <laughs> and even for the archdeacons. Welcome to you and your family. Well, it's traditional at this point in the service for the new vicar to announce what's happening in the services next Sunday here in church, but there are no services. I hope you're okay with this, Bishop, next Sunday. I think that's a great way to start, but that is because, that is because it's a parish away weekend, and uh, we're going up to Abbott Hall, Grange over Sand, and they've been a brilliant team who put everything together. Um, we've got somebody coming to speak, a guy called Phil, Reverend Philip Doring, Doring and his wife Jackie, and they'll be giving the Bible teaching, and I'll be leading communion uh, during the weekend as well. And then the following Sunday, we do have services here again, you'll be pleased to know. On the 15th, um, I'll be speaking morning and evening, and uh, we'll be celebrating communion together in the evening as well. So looking forward really to getting to know people here. Thank you ever so much for those that have come from various parts of Manchester, from Chatterton, from Oldham, from Bolton, and family and friends from different parts of the country. It's been wonderful. Thank you for your support. And I have to announce the last hymn, which is Amazing Grace. We've been thinking about God's grace and it's how we can only really serve him by his grace. And we're going to sing about that now as we stand to sing our final hymn. For concluding prayer. <coughs> and so to him who is able to do immeasurably all that we might ask or imagine, to the only wise God our Saviour, be glory, dominion, majesty, and power. And may his blessing, that of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of you, those you love, and those for whom you pray, this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.